Welcome to Texans Unfiltered. Here we go, here we go! A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Young Ari Gold, and I am joined today by uh, one of my favorite former Texans. Uh, when he was drafted out of Arizona State, I thought this this I thought he had the opportunity to do great things, and I still think, even to this day, based on just what we've seen, that he still should be on an NFL team. Uh, Jalen Strong, uh, Jalen, thanks for taking time out of your day, dude. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, bro. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so. We're going to talk a little bit about Texans, um, and then I also want to talk a little bit about your business as you recently started a new CBD business. So um, why don't we get into that now? So why don't you tell us a little bit about, one, what you've been doing since uh, since the preseason of last year uh, and mm-hmm. where this business came from and kind of where it's going. Um. Okay, so I've started my new CBD business. I've had some friends who are workers and owners of a top farm over in Colorado Springs and um, I just built a relationship with them since I've been in the league and just, you know, always had the had them in mind in case, you know, anything in the NFL uh, fell, didn't fall through. So, um, you know, I just took a leap of faith with this company and, you know, uh, just from struggling with, you know, opioids and things like that, the painkillers and the NFL from, you know, the things that you go through. From taking those things, uh, you know, I kind of fell in love with the CBD process. Just it's a natural, you know, state of mind. Instead of you having to pop pills and you know force your body to, to feel some way that it'll never feel. Yeah, and uh, so I'm I'm I've been using CBD for two years. Um, I have an 18 year old son who deals with like anxiety and uh stress and one of the things that we started with him about six months ago were was cbd and uh you could just the impact on your mental capacity and what you're dealing with as a person mentally uh cbd can really help in those areas just as much as it can with dealing with past injuries and things like that right 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 definitely um you know, not even just if you you know, not even just athletes, but, you know, some people live in their everyday life, you know, have been involved in traumatic things and that cause them to have traumatic injuries. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, they don't always want to rely on painkillers and opioids to, you know, to, to feel better or to help them sleep better. Um, it can send you down a depression state, you know, depression mode, and you'll be in a depressed state of mind uh, just trying to feel better. So I, I think that the CBD, it's something natural helps you, you know, remain yourself, helps you sleep. And, um, you know, nobody will, will ever judge you about it. It's not one of those things where it has a stigma about it. And, um, I just, I believe it's the right path. And I just believe in the future, CBD will be, you know, the way to go. Yeah. And it's definitely, it's definitely come around over the last couple of years. There's, you know, it's, it's really becoming more of a thing. Um, yeah. I, I'm big into, into music and Cole's one of my like favorite rappers of like this generation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you hear him talk about some of the things that he's been through in his life, but then, you know, on his, yeah. like KOD talks about like more natural supplements and things that you can do outside yeah. of having to take a pill and that's CBD for me is what fits into that category. Yeah, definitely. Uh, CBD is just, just naturally grown hemp just, uh, uh, from the grass, from the ground. 
and um, from the earth. There's no added chemicals or anything else. And it can be purchased anywhere. So, you know, I started my business to, you know, help be that voice for the athletes that, you know, can't really speak on the, the CBA thing. But uh, I'm here now and I'm, I'm here to speak on it for them and, and just shed light that it's, it doesn't have to be opioids and painkillers constantly just to get them through Sunday. So um, I'm here to try to tell them that they there's an alternative to that because after you're done playing the game, you go home and you're there by yourself and you have to face that depression alone and things like that. You know, ain't nobody really rooting for you at home. So you don't really feel that, that love that you do when you go out and play, you know, three hours of football on Sunday, which is just one day a week. So, you know, um, it's, it's a lot that goes into being an NFL athlete. And I'm just here to try to be that voice for those guys still playing. No, it's great. I think it's great. I think it's a great initiative. I think it's a smart business move as well, as you can see. Uh, that, that there is a there is a big difference between cannabis and CBD, and I don't think people really understand that. So could you talk a right. little bit about the difference, one, and then also talk about your business, the name, where they can find it, um, how okay. they can buy it, all that. Okay. Um, well, the difference between um, CBD and, you know, the marijuana plant. So marijuana will leave you with a head high, um, almost a, out-of-body experience, whereas though CBD is, you know, 100% natural. The only THC that's in CBD is the, the natural growing THC, which is less than 1%. So um, it will never, ever have you feeling the way marijuana would have you feel. So it's much more relaxing. I know a lot of people who smoke CBD on their way to work so they don't have to deal with the anxiety, you know, when, when they're at work. I know people who smoke CBD to go to sleep that they can never get a good night rest of sleep. I know people who who smoke CBD and use the oils and stuff like that because they have a rheumatoid or different type of arthritis. And um, I just I, I I I know a lot of people who just do it recreationally just because they want to you know be in a relaxed state of mind. Um, I, I my business is concrete flower and. Um, you can find it on online. It's an online store. We ship anywhere in the USA. And, um, it's www.cncrtflwr.com. Cool. Yeah, and, and we'll put that in, in the uh, episode description for everybody so you guys can uh, check that out. Now, Jalen, do you guys do... Um, is it, is it just smoked CBD or do you guys do gummies, liquid sprays, oils, things like that? Or right now is the focus just, um, smoking CBD. And then, you know, later on down the road is when you guys will start to incorporate that other parts of it. Um, right now we have, um, we have the flower, um, and then we also have, um, hemp cigarettes to help people who are, you know, addicted to smoking cigarettes. Um, the hemp cigarettes, are, they look exactly like your normal cigarettes, except it's just in a hemp paper and, and this hemp flower inside the cigarette. Um, we also have a vape juice that um, that should be back on, um, back out in the beginning of March. And our creams are uh, set to drop any time now soon. So um, our creams, we have coconut scent, and we have a lavender scent as well as unscented. So um, 
So that's that's exciting for me as well, and I can't wait to be able to share that with uh, you know a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny. There's a there's a running joke with this podcast as uh, I am a vapor, and that's actually how I get my uh, my CBD. And there was a time where when we were transitioning to a new recording uh, platform where they would hear me rip my vape um, while I'm recording, and then they would give me so much shit on Twitter or Instagram. It'd be like, hey, bro, can you chill out with the vaping? And it's like, well, you know what? Actually, I can't do this podcast unless I don't have some of this going right now because right, right, that's, right. that's just me, you know? Um, yeah. So uh, that's great. No, I think it's awesome. I'm glad that you're involved in something else. Um, I, I think, like I said, I mean, can, whether it's cannabis, CBD, either way, the markets are, 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 that's where you want to be. If you're starting a business, right. there's, there's a plenty of room for growth and opportunity. Um, I've been reading a lot about it and obviously, you know, you're, you're in, you have the right people around you and you have them, you know, pointing you in the right direction right. as far as where to invest and things like that. I appreciate that. All right, so we are a Texans podcast, though, Jalen. So if if I had you on here and we only talked about CBD for ten minutes, um, uh-huh. I'd probably get canceled. And this is a cancel culture we live in nowadays, so I don't want to go through that. Um, so I want to talk about the Texans now. First, I want to talk about you coming into the league because when you were drafted in 2015, you were a third round pick out of Arizona State, big body wide receiver that can go up and contest and and make the contested catches. Uh, came in polished. Uh, I believe you actually won an award the year before uh, the year you were drafted at Arizona State. Uh, it was a receiver award. Um, so you came in highly touted, and then mm-hmm. your rookie season happened, and you didn't get a ton of playtime. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because we have another wide receiver on the team out of Texas Tech that I feel is on the exact same path that you were on in the sense that not enough time to be able to show his skills, showcase his skills and what he's capable of doing in Kiki QT. And when that was happening to you as a fan, I was like, why, why we don't have better wide receivers. Why is he not getting a chance to play in, in when it came to Jalen strong? Now, obviously there's, there's fuller, there's Kenny stills, uh, you know, it's a little different, but, can you talk about that rookie season and kind of your second year in the league with the Texans and kind of what that was like? Um, yeah, my rookie year was um, pretty tough <clears throat> as far as um, just adapting uh, to the NFL. And I uh, previously, before the draft, I had took so many visits and, and what didn't really, I had about 20 visits. Um, to tape and didn't have time to you know, work out between visits and things like that. And then uh, first time I stepped on the scale was in Houston. So um, I was a bit overweight. I didn't understand. You know, I was a young guy. I was only about 20 years old, 2021. 20, and, um, and I just, you know, just let the excitement of the NFL get to me. And um, instead of me, you know, reaching out for help, you know, I try to do everything on my own, which I probably shouldn't have, which I try to tell young guys now, uh, to just, you know, ask for help. And, um, you know, a lot of guys have been around. Thankfully, I had Cecil and Nate and Hop, you know, in the, uh, in the receiver room with me in my rookie year, or it could have been a lot worse. But, um, um, yeah, that's probably, that's really what happened my rookie year. I just, uh, Got it. I got it a little too late. Um, by the time I came around, was I think it was probably towards the end of the year, and um, when we were making that playoff push. But unfortunately, um, lost to Kansas City. But 
I think that uh, going into my second year, I think my second year, I think um, it was it was pretty cool. I just had that mishap in the off season at the end of my rookie year, which which also was a young mistake uh, um, when I got arrested. So uh, you know, I didn't really help myself out as well. You know, um, giving myself the best opportunities for the uh, Texans to believe in. Interesting. Okay, so for me, what I hear now when I talk to you is, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of times, you're what, 26, 25? I'm 26. So usually you don't hear what you just said in the sense of like, I needed to do things. I needed to, you know, I should have asked for help. I didn't help myself. Do you think that yeah. when you come into the NFL, like, Obviously, it takes time as a man to learn those things. Like I'm, I'm 35, and I still don't feel like I take full accountability for the things that I do or whatever it would be. When did that mm-hmm. start to turn for you in the NFL when you were like, I need to, I really need to put forth the effort here and ask for these areas for me to be able to try to make an impact? Uh, probably when I got out of Houston. When, uh, when Houston released me, kind of was like uh Kind of was like a, I'm not saying a relief, but kind of was, a, I felt like I got a chance to start over. So when I, when, when that had came around, I was just like, I don't want to mess anything up, you know? Yeah. And then you were, unfortunately, injuries happened in Jacksonville. Um, yeah. But then last year, and this is, this is the part for me that I, I, when it comes to you as a player, that was most exciting when I'm watching preseason. And obviously I watch, I watch, you know, I watch game tape and I watch regular season games and preseason games, but mm-hmm. in preseason you were lighting it up and you were in Cleveland and you looked extremely good. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you were in such a crowded wide receiver room and right. there were weapons all over the place. There was no, it, it would have, it was almost impossible for you to be able to crack that roster. Mm-hmm. What went like when you when that happened? Like, where was your mind, and where did you want to go at that point? Um, see, I'm a faithful man, so I don't ignore signs. So, like, going into the season, going into the 2019 preseason, I already had made up my mind that and prepared myself, you know, for the worst. Um, I said I was going to give him all every day, no matter what. I had no control over the outcome of God's hands. But at the same time, um, I listened to my body as well. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I, you know, I don't think I was ever in, the, in Cleveland's plans anyway from the beginning. Uh, I think I was just in a camp body, brought in as a camp body, and I just happened to shock them. And, I didn't th- and they didn't think that I would perform that well. So, um, and I just happened to perform that well. It just, you know, had, they had no choice but to release me because they had already had plans for the season that I was not involved in. So, um, yeah, it's not no nothing. I it's just I'm not. I don't have any hard feelings against anybody. Um, it is what it is. You know, I did what I could do. That's all I could worry about. Yeah, at the end of the day, you can only control what you can control. And you went out and you balled. I mean, there's really nothing that anybody could say about that. Your preseason was great. You should have been on a roster. It is what yeah. it is, but you're where you're at now. And that's great. Like you said, you're a faithful man. So you know that your path is headed in a direction that you didn't, you weren't in charge of. Somebody else had that planned out for you. Right. 
All right, so let's talk a little bit about Bill O'Brien. So obviously Texans fans are pretty frustrated with Bill O'Brien right now. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> maybe that's even mild, right? Um, you know, six years, he keeps gaining power, blah, blah, blah. That's the narrative out there. I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat of a B.O.B. apologist. He's come on the show, so therefore I kind of feel like I have to be. We talked about that off air, what that means. And then, um, but to me, like, I, I don't see B.O.B. as a, as a guy that's wanting to get all the power. What I see is a head coach that has a idea of what he wants this roster to look like. And he doesn't feel that the people prior to this were able to give him what he needs to be successful. Would you agree with that statement? And then also, can you talk a little bit about your relationship with OB? Um, I think OB, when it comes to, I feel like, he wasn't always in control of the team or who he was bringing in. So I do agree with, you know, that statement about the people that was brought in before, you know, him not having control. That's, that's, I, I agree. Um, after, you know, the Rick Smith thing, I think he had more, a little bit more power, but still not all the power. And then after Brian James, I think he has now all the power to bring in whoever he wants. So I think now it's going to take about a few years for people to really understand or see if he has the power to be a good DM. And um, I think that – and what was the other question? Your relationship with Bill O'Brien. And while you were there, kind of what you saw, like how, how players respected him. Because I think – and this is me, but you were there. I, I think Bill O'Brien is respected as a head coach. I think people – I think players relate to him. I think players want to play for him. I think he has his favorites for sure. Like, I, I don't think that that can be, I don't think anybody can oh, say yeah. they don't, but who doesn't? Who, I mean, every, every people have favorite kids. They have their favorite players. Like that's just the world. Right. right. Um, but yeah. So talk a little bit about your relationship with OB and kind of what you saw with players around the locker room. And if he was respected. Hmm. Uh, OB was, OB was respected. He was respected because he was the head coach. Well, I'm not sure respected as a man, but, um, He's just respected for sure. I mean, he's the one that makes sure he gets get paid. You have to respect him. But um, my relationship with him, I like like I said, um, have no hard feelings towards him or anything. Um, but I just he probably didn't really like the type of person I was. I'm not sure. Um, like I said, I I could have done a lot of things better to help myself and you know, reach out and um, ask for help things like that, but, I mean, young kids, um, my advice to young kids now is to reach out, because every culture, they're not, that's not their responsibility to make sure that you are becoming the man that you need to become. Um, that's your responsibility to look yourself in the mirror and say, I need to get myself together or reach out and do whatever I need to do. And at the same time, as a young man in the NFL, trying to make plays, trying to get on the field, um, it can be very frustrating. Um, coming from a, a program where you were the guy and were All-American, that can be very frustrating. And um, I don't think it was any place for any game, like uh, mind games and things like that. Um, he's very good at playing those games. And I just don't think there's any place for that, you know, especially when, Somebody like me going through what I was going through at the time, coming from 
college and with gaining so much weight, you know, dropping in the slip, going to the draft, supposed to be first round pick, slipping in the draft, you know, all those things. I just wasn't in the healthiest state of mind, and um, I don't think it was made any better in that in that building by him. And, um, and if he's treating me a certain way and he's the head man, it's only going to affect everybody else. So they're all going to treat me that way. And um, that's kind of what happened. Um, no matter who, who, no matter if the <clears throat> the janitor in the building, if I was his favorite guy, it didn't matter. <laughs> if, I, if I ain't his favorite guy, it wouldn't matter. You know, it didn't matter. Um, and that's kind of how it is. And, it's, and I wasn't the only one, um, you know, uh, I wasn't there but for a little bit with um, Foreman, but, you know, it was kind of similar. I used to try to help Foreman when I was on my way out the door. Just tell him, like, you know, it was just kind of, that's kind of the way it's going to go if you don't, you let him get in your head. Because so, he got in my head, and by the time, you know, he was in my head, I had already made up my mind. I didn't want to be there and stuff like that. And I just let it, you know, get worse. And, um, I shouldn't have. Interesting. Yeah, so I, I think... One of the things that I will say for sure is that Bill O'Brien is an emotional leader. And when I say emotional leader, I think yeah, he, yeah. I, I think, think he, from yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I also think that the emotions <clears throat> will overtake what he, uh, what he should be doing. Like for example, Jadavian Clowney to me, you could say what you want about JD, but to me, I, I think JD is a, a top 10 edge rusher, defensive end, whatever it would be in this league. I, I think JD has the physical ability to do all sorts of things. And yet I think with Bill O'Brien and the way that ended, that was an emotional reaction for Bill O'Brien. That wasn't, Hey, this is what's best for the team. Cause what's best for the team is a team that is lacking pass rushes to keep Jadavian Clowney and have him on the team to be better. But yeah. instead you ship him out for a third round pick and, and Jacob Martin and Barkevius Mingo. And look what you had. You, you had no pass rush at the end of the season. And why'd you give up, you know, seven straight TDs to Kansas city right. because you couldn't get to Patrick Mahomes. Right. Um, all right, uh, yeah. one more, one more before um, I, I let you go. So in the off or during the season, there was a there was some reports talking about um, Bill O'Brien changing the game plan on Friday after three days of practice, going in basically on Friday and saying, "Scrap this, scrap that. We're gonna we're gonna implement this." And then come Sunday, the reason why the team plays slow is because the offensive game plan was changed. Now, I think that that can be taken one way, and it can t- be taken another way. The way I took it was, I think, on Friday after practice and Tim Kelly or whoever is implementing the offense, I think he said to himself, hey, I like what we're doing here, but I think we should change this one and this one and this here and go back to game three against Atlanta or whatever it would be. This play worked really well. They play a similar style of defense. This this play would be a good play for us. I don't think he went in and said, scrap the entire playbook. We're going to start all over and <laughs> and we're just not going to have any practice and we're going to roll it out Sunday. During preparation for a game, what what did that week look like, and how involved was Bill O'Brien? And then, have you seen him make changes on Friday night that have impacted the team's offensive ability come Sunday? Um, all right. First, first off, I'm gonna say, haven't been there since you know about four years, so I'm not really sure. Um, uh, you know what it's like. Pretty, pretty, what it's pretty much like there. When I was there, Tim Kelly wasn't even. He was still an offensive assistant um, to George Gatsby and stuff, and then it was tight end. So, um, it, it's been a while, but um, I could say Obiza, um, 
he's just, you know, you never know what you're going to get. So I think that it could be possible that he that, that he did that. He could have heard something and, and saw something and decided, you know, let's change this up. But in my experience being there, he's always been kind of the same. Like, he's never really done that. He'll have that what we do, what every team does. Um, we would have plays Wednesday installed, have plays Thursday installed, installed, and then we'll have our Friday red zone, final third down, trick plays, two-point plays, all that stuff installed on Friday. Now, somebody got their wrong interpretation and said that he was changing the game plan, but they were just probably doing their Friday stuff. That could be possible, too. But um, I don't think OB would do that. I mean, he's one of the greatest offensive minds in the NFL. Um, he, does he make some mistakes? Yes, and a lot of people does in the NFL. But um, I don't think he's a terrible coach, and I don't think <clears throat> I, don't, I think it's going to take at least you know another two, three years for you know Texans fans to really be done with him. It can't really be done with him right now. He's He's finally got control over the whole the team now. This is exactly what he wanted since he's been in, in, in Houston. So I think that the fact that he has control over the draft and free agency and all that stuff, yeah, now after this year and then possibly next season, if he doesn't doesn't come away with any jewelry, then, then you could probably start thinking that they'll probably go another way. But I still think he has time. And, um, I think Sean would help him. Hop will help him. And was, you know, he one thing about would be he he'll always have a great offensive game plan, and it's just up to you know everything else after that, areas, penalties, things like that. So he's a he's a big big enforcer on um, discipline and having a team prepared. So he's definitely working his behind off to be the best he, best coach he could be. So. He just some some mishaps happen. That's just a part of the game. All right. Well, you I said last one, but I, I this is literally the last one because now you got me kind of intrigued. Um, the team this year was able to go up against the top teams and beat them. Patriots can't. We've never beat the Patriots. Chiefs, Colts on four days rest. This team has shown mm-hmm. that they can put an offensive game plan together and execute at a high level. I think mm-hmm. I think Deshaun is this is I look at this last season as Deshaun's second year considering he went down with his ACL injury during his rookie year. So I looked at this season as his second actual year. And I think Deshaun has a lot of things he still needs to get better at. And people criticize me for it because they they think I'm a Deshaun hater. In actuality, I love Deshaun. I think he's a top five quarterback. But I think Deshaun has areas he's got to get better at picking up the blitz. We saw an increase in, you know, he improved in that. And I think he's got to be able to lead his receivers a little bit better and also know how to throw his wide receivers open and not just wait for everybody to get open. But when you've, when you've watched the team this year and you saw that they were able to execute at a high level on a, you know, during the Patriots game, for example, in the chiefs, why aren't they able to do that week in and week out? What, what, what happens in those weeks, the Broncos, the Ravens, things like that. How does that happen? Oh, it's hard, man. Honestly, like it's the NFL. So, like Eric, the same way you getting paid, them millions, they getting paid that. The same way you don't want to lose your job, they don't want to lose their job. You know, on the other side. So you got to add that into, you know, okay, now this game plan is is it a good game plan? How how 
how how effective can this game plan be against this defense or can my defense stop the run against this offense? Um, is my pass rush going to put the pressure on the quarterback? And all that stuff goes into it. Um, and it's about matchups. That's what coaches trying to do. They're trying to create the best one-on-ones each week so their players can be put in the best situations to win the game. And um, I feel like sometimes uh, things happen, man. Like, you get, like some of those, you go back and watch some of the games, it's little things. You know, you might get a false start in the first drive. You might be starting out with a first and 15. Now they're backed up, you know. You might get a penalty on a kickoff return. Now, now they're starting inside their own 15-yard line, own 10-yard line. You never know. And those things happen. And then if you, you end up losing a whole half of football, try to get your field position back, you know. And that you can't stick to the game plan when those things happen. So a lot of things happen like that. Injuries, people go down. Now you got a new offensive tackle in. Now the show got to have a faster clock. There's a lot of things that happen, you know. So um, that's that's just a part of the NFL, though. So it's just like everything will be reflected on OB. Everything will be reflected on, you know, the owners or whoever, of course. But at the end of the day, it's a whole unit. Everybody got to come and be on the same page every Sunday. And I believe that Deshaun is an MVP player. I had I picked him earlier in the year to win MVP. Um, I was wrong, of course, but I, mean, I was wrong to it a good reason. Lamar Jackson is a great player as well. Um, so I feel like as the years go on, we're only going to see him get better, man. And um, the Texans offense probably, I, I have him in my top three of offenses. And um, it's only going to get better, you know, Lamar coming back and stuff like that. It's going to be it's going to be fun for the Texans fans next year. And we see what they can do against this high-powered team. So they're, they are a Super Bowl team. They can get there and win. Um, and I want them to. I just, you know, it's a lot of things that go on behind closed doors that we will never know. I'm not there anymore, so I won't know. You know, you got to have players that want to play for your coach. You got to have coaches that want to be, that got to be players' coaches. You know, you can't have coaches that are in their own egos, and you can't have players that just don't care about anybody being next to them. So it's all a unit. And um, I think it's a great family down there in Houston, you know. And I think that uh, they're just in a, right now in the, in the process of getting to where they need to be. And I don't think this past season was a failed year. I think it was a great year. Um, just that one little mistake in the playoff game that, that, that could have you know, changed a lot. Yep. No, I agree with you 100%. I. I looked at the season as, as a success because the way I, like I said, the way I looked at it, this was the second year to Sean. You saw, you saw development, you saw progress as a team. You went to the divisional round, you ran into the Super Bowl champs who might be the best offense in the league for the last, you know, three, two years, probably going to be for the next five. But at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson is, I agree, an MVP caliber quarterback. He, he's going to lead the team, but it's all about OB. Um, Jalen, I want to say thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, let's let's talk about one more time. Why don't you plug the business, uh, Concrete Flowers, talk about where you can where they can find them, uh, where they can find you on social media so they can see uh, all of you pushing out Concrete Flowers and things like that. Okay. Um, yeah, Concrete Flower, C-N-C-R-T-F-L-W-R. Dot com and um like I said we ship anywhere in the USA 
the, the best service, the best prices, the best deals um, to, to help people, you know, with their depression, anxiety, stress, pain, anything like that, check out the website. Also, um, if they DM me um, and let me know they listen to your show, I'll give them a discount code as well. There you go, guys. You guys can uh, hit up Jalen Strong on uh, Instagram. Uh, what It's Strizzy, right? Striz, S-T-R-I-Z-Z. There you go. Uh, you guys can follow him on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, obviously, make sure you guys go check out Concrete Flowers. And uh, Jalen Strong, I really appreciate the time. Thank you, and uh, we'll catch up. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it.